I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Hello and welcome to Not Gambling Advice, sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball when you download for a full instant deposit match on the best daily fantasy app. This is part two of a three part series where I will be giving you all of my MLB futures for the 2023 MLB season. Episode one was the American League. Now we're going into the National League. And then this episode you're hearing on Monday morning. And then on Tuesday morning will be my season-long props to play on prize picks, as well as individual awards like Cy Young, MVP, and Rookie of the Year. We're going to start this episode with a similar sentiment to how we started episode one, because I think it's important to know before we fully dive into props. We must understand one thing about betting on futures. You are tying up your money with a book for seven months. It's basically a loan. So if you're beginning to bet this year, don't play any futures, right? You haven't built up that bankroll. You haven't built enough profit to be able to use that profit to play in the futures market. If you have a set amount of money this year that you will want to be betting at, make some profit this year, right? For me, it's a tool to add to your bankroll, right? We've been successful in the futures market over the past couple of seasons. We've made 59.72 units over the past two seasons in the MLB. This is my favorite sport. So now this time we can continue to roll over some profit and play some futures because there are large edges in the market this year, especially some notable winners from last year, Aaron Judge to win MVP, Atlanta Braves to win the NL East, Los Angeles Dodgers over 97 and a half wins, but we also had losses, right? We had Julio Arias to win the National League Cy Young. He finished second. We had the Colorado Rockies uh, to go over 68 and a half wins. They finished with 68. And we had the Chicago White Sox minus 200 to win the division. What a bonehead bet on my part. I've learned from it. Let's do better. And if you're curious about the National League, um, excuse me, if you're curious about the American League, go listen to episode 170 of Not Gambling Advice. This is episode 171. Let's get into the National League. The Arizona Diamondbacks are at 74 and a half wins. And we're going to start with my first bet. Normally, I go through each team and I give you a lean, but we just so happen to come across one of my favorite overs of the 2023 MLB season. The Diamondbacks won 74 games last year, and I really only expect them to get better. Zach Allen proved he's a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Merrill Kelly is a really solid innings eater. He threw 200 innings at a 3.37 earned run average last season. And then behind him, two exciting young pitchers with the possibility of more in the minor leagues. We've seen Ryan Nelson announce that he will get the start. And then in the fourth and fifth role, you have Madison Bumgarner and Zach Davies. Davies isn't terrible. Bumgarner is, but I don't expect him to be pitching that much longer because they have Brandon Fott, one of the best young pitching prospects in all of Major League Baseball, who's right up there and should make an impact with the big league club this season. They did trade Dalton Varsho, which does hurt, but they got one of the best young catchers in the sport and a talented corner outfielder in Lurie Scurriel Jr. Gabriel Moreno is that young catching prospect, 
and on JustBaseball.com, you'll find him as our top catching prospect, at least right now, because Adley has graduated. He's in that same breath as a Francisco Alvarez, and we saw him hit 300 in a short sample with the Blue Jays last season. And honestly, the Diamondbacks remind me of the Orioles from 2022. They're a young team that plenty of people wrote off, but it ended with 83 wins after top prospects made their debut. Kind of like what I see here. Corbin Carroll is as can't-miss of a prospect as you'll find. He's actually ranked above guys like Gunnar Henderson. He has 80-grade speed, and he slugged 500 in a short sample last year. They have better pitching than the Orioles do last year, and Carroll Moreno are slightly worse than Gunnar and Adley. They're a very solid defensive team that's going to wreak havoc on the base pass, so two things that help with the rule changes. I think they take the next step to contend. They're not going to make the playoffs, but over 74.5, love this over. I'm putting two units on it. Next up, the Atlanta Braves. I lean towards the over. This is one of baseball's best teams last season, and it's just as good as they were last year. The Braves won 101 games with a better run differential than their rival 101 win New York Mets and ended up winning the division and cashing our bet. Ronald Acuna Jr. is key after losing Dansby Swanson. He was recovering from a torn ACL, and his ground ball rate spiked. If healthy, we should see him return to MVP form. Ozzy Albies was injured for a lot of last year, but he's back and healthy. The rotation is elite with Max Freed, Spencer Strider, Cal Wright, and Charlie Morton. Luckily for the Braves, they have more than a few arms they can slot into that fifth starter role. Mike Soroka, who, if we remember, was basically a Rookie of the Year candidate. Not basically, he was, but he's hurt again. But again, they have Dylan Dodd, they have Jared Schuster, they have a lot of young arms in this rotation that can all fill in a fifth spot. And who knows, maybe Ian Anderson bounces back even though he was optioned at AAA. Funny thing is, Von Grissom, also optioned at AAA, who's expected to start at shortstop. But they still have Orlando RC and they feel more confident in his defense. And they probably need to see a little bit more from Vaughn in the minor leagues, but he should be up soon. They are going to hit, and they are going to pitch, and the bullpen might be the best unit out of all of them. Elite from top to bottom. Ozzy Albies was a guy who didn't play much for them last year, but he's back in the lineup. They trade for Sean Murphy, one of the best catchers in baseball. This team is fantastic. And Edwin Diaz, out for the season for the Mets. Huge. Reese Hoskins, out for the season for the Phillies. Huge. And Bryce Harper isn't going to return till June for the Phillies. I think they're going to ride an NL East title to the World Series. So here's my bets for the Atlanta Braves. Give me two units on the Atlanta Braves to win the American League East at plus 105. Give me the Atlanta Braves to win the National League pennant at plus 400. That's one unit on that one. And then the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series, plus 750. I'm betting on them at one unit. So already we have four total bets. The Diamondbacks over 74.5 wins. The Atlanta Braves to win the AL East. I'm not going over their win total. I'm actually looking at it a little bit differently because I'd rather get the plus money then just go with their overwind total because I think they will win the division. And then I think they're going to win the pennant. And then I think they have a very solid shot at facing off against my projected Mariners to win the World Series. Next up is the Chicago Cubs at 77 and a half wins. I'm going to slightly lean the under, but I honestly don't have much of an opinion on it. I think they'll be better, but I'm not sure that they're five wins better than last year. They had a slightly better run differential than the 69-win Marlins last year. They got better. They added, you know, they added Dancy Swanson. They added Jameson Tyon. I just think they're a few years away from being a contender. 
This is a really lofty projection. I just have a feeling it's going to be a popular over, and it already is. They made nice additions, but you lost Wilson Contreras, which is a definite blow to the lineup. I think this team is a 75-win team. I think that's fair. So I like the under, but again, they could go over, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Another note, uh, the line dropped from 78 to 77.5 since it opened. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds are at 65 and a half. I'm going to lean the over, but again, not incredibly confident in it. Uh, but I do think they win over 65 games. This team finished with 62 last year. Better run differential, though, than the 65-win Royals. Rotation is young, but loads of potential. Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo have both flashed ace stuff. Graham Ashcraft has is just way better than last season's 4.89 ERA would indicate. Jonathan India was banged up for a lot of the season. Tyler Stevenson was banged up for the lot of the season. I think both of them come back strong and have solid years. And I really like Spencer Steer as a dark horse rookie of the year candidate. I think the Reds finished with 67. But again, not enough to bet on this team. And we have seen some decent line movement towards the over. It opened at 64.5 and it is now at 65.5. The Rockies are at 65.5. I almost want to skip them. I guess I'll lean under, but they'll probably finish with 66 games. I, I don't like this team at all. They have no direction, and I don't know what to do with them. They had a very similar line last year. Again, 68.5. Now it's 65.5. I don't know. They got Ezekiel Tovar, who I do like. Really good young shortstop prospect who's projected by Fangraphs to lead the team in war. That's what we're dealing with here. I'm not betting the over or the under. I'm just going to let this team have their fun without me. It's actually crazy. This line dropped from 68.5 to 65.5 wins since the opener. One of the more significant drops in the National League. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they're at 95.5 wins. Uh, how can you not lean the over? Again, not going to play it though. Biggest preseason bet last year was the Dodgers over 97.5 wins. Uh, they lost Walker Bueller and it didn't matter. And they probably won't have him this year. They're just a regular season juggernaut. They've averaged 108.5 wins over the last two seasons. But the team does look different. You know, they still won't have Bueller. They don't have Trey Turner, uh, but they still have a really good team and it's the Dodgers. I don't know if they were plus 130 to win the division. I'd be giving you that bet because I do think they end up winning the division, but they're minus 110. It's priced how it should be. There's no value on the Dodgers. And just to note, the line dropped from 96 and a half to 95 and a half since the line opened. Uh, the Miami Marlins are at 76 and a half. One of the most popular overbets in Vegas, uh, but I'm going to lead the under here. Uh, Sandy won the National League Cy Young Award unanimously, and they still won 68 games. The offense was nowhere to be seen. But there's a lot of hope this year, and I understand why. They added Luis Arise and Gene Segura to bolster the lineup that finished 25th in WRC Plus last year. The team looks better on paper, I won't lie to you, but I just see a huge problem. Defense is often underrated when handicapping teams, and they have the worst defense in Major League Baseball. At least I predict them to be the, wor the, to be the worst. They have a really good rotation, but a very weak bullpen. They have some bats, but a terrible defensive team. Really popular over. We've seen the line steam from 72.5 to 76.5, which is the biggest move of any team towards the over in all of Major League Baseball. I'm not buying it. I think it's been inflated too much. I'm going under, but again, not going to bet it. The Milwaukee Brewers are at 85.5. I don't have a lean either way. I think they win either 85 or 86 games. So I guess I'll lean under, but again, I think it's spot on. Um, they've traded off valuable contributors like Renfro and Colton Wong, and the direction certainly does feel confusing. But when you have a three-headed monster, 
of Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta, you're going to win a lot of games. You are. And they have still a good offense. They have Willie Adames. They have Rowdy Telez. There's still Devin Williams in the bullpen with some solid arms to accompany him. The worry here is them selling at the deadline, similar to what they did last year. That's why I couldn't bet on the over. But again, this line, this roster is too good, if that makes sense, to bet on the under just on paper from this year. It's a tough team. I'm not going to bet on it. But it should be noted that the Brewers move from 84.5 to 85.5. I'm passing. New York Mets, 91.5. Going to lean the over. No Carlos Correa. Doesn't seem to be an issue. Team is so balanced. Stars all over the roster. They lost key pieces but added new ones. Losing Jacob deGrom sucks, but replacing him with Justin Verlander is awesome. While the rotation is very good, the bullpen suffered that big blow. Edwin Diaz tore his patellar tendon and is going to miss the rest of the 2023 season. When your bullpen is the weak link already, that's really bad for the Mets. What they still have is the best combination of offense and defense of any lineup. I truly believe that. They own one of baseball's best rotations. But I'm not going to be betting on a team like this in the futures market. Also, the line moved from 95.5 to 91.5, one of the most significant drops in the entire futures market. I wouldn't be playing with a Mets future this year. Philadelphia Phillies are at 88.5. I'm going to lean under, but again, no real opinion because I have them winning 88 games. Another line that feels really spot on. And the only reason I'm leaning the under is my gambling brain. The team just made a miraculous run to the World Series. And now they have a line under 90 wins. You know, my heart's going to say take the over, but my brain thinks the under is the right play. You add Trey Turner and Tywin Walker, should help this team immediately, but they still have holes that often are exposed in the regular season in addition to Bryce Harper being out for at least the first half. And of course, they lost Reese Hoskins, a guy who you could pencil in for 25 to 30 home runs and 100 driven in to an ACL tear in spring training. Lack of defense concerns me. Ranger Suarez's injury concerns me. Andrew Painter's injury concerns me. Love Zach Wheeler and Aranola, but I just can't pitch an over. And I think the under is the play here. And the line has dropped from 80, 89 and a half to 88 and a half since it's opened. And we might start seeing some 87 and a halfs in the market when they adjust for Reese Hoskins, but not too sure yet. It might n- not end up adjusting, but I just, I wouldn't play the Phillies. I really wouldn't. The Pirates, 68 and a half. I'm going to lean the under, but not confident in either, honestly. The future's looking bright in Pittsburgh, no doubt about it, but there's still a few ways, few years away from competing. If star center fielder Brian Reynolds is traded, the Pirates are in deep trouble, 2023. It's been reported they want to extend him before the season starts, so be on the lookout for that, but it won't really matter. He's the best player on the team, and kind of without him, I don't know how well they'll play. Outside of a few nice players, the roster just doesn't look that great. I've got to be honest with you. They, they have some exciting young players, but I think they're going to finish last in the NL Central. Six, eight and a half wins... Seems like too many, but it's not worth betting on the under, especially when you consider the line has moved from 65.5 to 68.5. I don't think the over is a bad bet, but again, I don't think the under is a bad bet either. That's why it's a pass for me. Uh, San Diego Padres, 93.5. I'm going to lean the under, but they could win 87 games or they could win 100 games. There's so much variance with this team. They could easily go over if everything goes right. Tatis will return after a month or so, could hit the ground running, hit 40 jacks, and I wouldn't be shocked. Manny Machado could put up another MVP season, even though there are a lot of numbers are saying that he outperformed a lot of his batted ball data, and a high Babbitt maybe contributed to that. 
but he could just say, screw you, and the numbers look great, and he turns in another MVP season. I wouldn't be shocked at all. And Juan Soto returns to doing Juan Soto things, which I fully expect to happen. But like the Phillies, star-studded at the top, but I have concerns over a full 162. They're loaded, but the lack of depth, eh. Look for them to make a deep playoff run after a relatively quiet regular season. They're a team you should watch come playoff time. They're worth sprinkling on World Series futures or win the division because the value is sort of there, but I'm just going to stay away. And another point, the line hasn't moved since it opened on their win total. If you're going to play the Padres, look at them to win the World Series because I do think that they could go on a run when they make it. I just don't think over a regular season, there's so many wins there, in my opinion. Uh, the Giants are 81 and a half. I'm going to lean the under. Um, when I first saw this line, I almost jumped on the over. I had the Giants winning 81 games, so the opening line of 78 and a half was enticing. But since then, the line has jumped to 81 and a half, and now I'm just going to pass. They have one of the most underrated rotations in Major League Baseball. I really do think so. I like them down all the way to Alex Wood as the fifth starter. Logan Webb at the top, solid. The addition of Ross Stripling will certainly help. I think Manaya bounces back with them. And they have an above-average bullpen led by Camilo Duvall at the top. The problem is offense. They can't hit. I think they're going to finish in the bottom 10 of baseball. And another harsh reality for the Giants is the rule changes. They aren't a fast team, and they rely on the shift often. They're one of the teams that utilizes the shift on defense more than almost every single team. Now they can't. Both should prove troublesome. And I'm expecting the Giants to miss the playoffs and be around an 80 to 81 win team. The Cardinals are 88 and a half. This line is disgusting. My gambling brain is lining up. I would lean the under, but I can't. I can't make any sense of this. Team won 93 games last season. I what's with this line? The offense had two top three MVP candidates, and they added Wilson Contreras. Contreras is not only a good player, but it was the exact position the Cardinals needed considering Yadier Molina was their catcher last year. My guess is the the line is the way it is due to the lack of starting pitching. Wainwright's going to turn 42 years old in August, and Miles Michaelis just signed a two-year $40 million extension, but he's going to turn 35. Jack Flaherty just got beaten to hell in spring training, again at spring training, but he hasn't been able to prove that he can stay healthy and pitch well in a few seasons now. And then you have Steven Matz, who, when you combine them together, threw 84 innings last year, Flaherty and Matz. If the team doesn't address starting pitching, they could be in for a rougher season than many people think. Jordan Montgomery is solid, Michaelis is solid, Wayno's going to pitch relatively well, but where are the studs? The rule changes will be kind to the Cardinals. They are electric on the base pass, and they play excellent defense, and their lineup is insane. I want to bet on this over so badly. I just can't make sense of the line. I had this team winning 92 games, so I should be on the over, but I just can't. The line is too fishy. And we see a line drop, 89.5 to 88.5 since it opened. The Washington Nationals. We're ending this this podcast, with, which could be just the worst team ever. This team showed some heart after dealing Juan Soto and Josh Bell. They finished the season 20-39 and 39 after shedding players at the deadline. And it doesn't sound like much, but it was nearly an identical winning percentage to the first 103 games, 103, excuse me, with Soto and Josh Bell. They have some exciting youngsters, most notably C.J. Abrams and Kieber Ruiz, but I'm afraid this team is destined for last place in the NL East. I originally leaned under 61.5, but now with the line drop, I guess I see value on the over. Because I think they win 61. I think they go 61 and 101. So I guess a lean on the Nationals over. But when you see a drop also from 61 and a half to 59 and a half, you don't get much confident in it. So the final futures picks for this year, combining the American League and the National League, 
You just heard the Arizona Diamondbacks over 74 and a half wins for two units. Uh, you heard the Atlanta Braves to win the NL East at plus 105 for two units. The Atlanta Braves to win the National League pennant for a unit at plus 400. And um, the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series at plus 750. I also have the Seattle Mariners to win the World Series for a unit at plus 2,000. The Seattle Mariners to win the American League at plus 1,000 for one unit. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays to win the AL East at plus 350 for a half unit. The Guardians to go over 86.5 for two units. The Guardians to win the Central plus 130 for two units. And the Seattle Mariners over 87.5 wins, minus 115 for two units. Um, my dub club is still free until opening day. It's the subscription services that gets my bets texted immediately to you. It's a great service. Um, it helps me, obviously. Um, and you'll get my bets texted to you immediately as I make them. So I sometimes I make them, you know, at midnight the night before or seven or eight or eight a.m. in the morning instead of you waiting for my article, for my podcast, for the TikTok all to come out around noon. You'd get them early before lines move. And a lot of people have said, you know, it's beneficial to them. The convenience is beneficial to them, considering that they don't have to surf, surf social media. You know, they don't have to wait. They'll get it texted to their inbox and their email immediately. It's 83 cents a day. It's twenty four ninety nine a month. And you get live bets associated with. And if there's any late ads, if I see a line movement, if I see a pitching change, you'll get all of that too. So it's a big added benefit for just 83 cents a day. Uh, next episode, which you will hear Tuesday morning, I have six season-long prize picks that I've already sent to subscribers as well as my individual awards. Again, all my subscribers have gotten these bets beforehand. But of course, nothing's really going to change. Um, it's going to be basically the same thing as last year where I'm giving you all my bets um, like I would last year on the podcast, on the articles. I greatly appreciate all of you guys listening along. We're going to have a great MLB season just like we did last year going up 44 units. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, I would greatly appreciate a five-star review, whether that be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That doesn't cost you a dime and it greatly helps me. Just so we know, it's not gambling advice. <laughs>